This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. As the offseason marches forward, so does our series of power rankings on different position groups in the NFL. Today, we are looking at edge rush pass rushers. Edge rush. Edge rush. Edge pass. Edge rush pass rushers. That's a, a real tongue, tongue twister, twister right yeah. there. You could have an LB next to your name. You could have a defensive end designation next to your name to get on this list. All that matters to get on this list is that you get after that quarterback. Right. You get from the outside that quarterback from the outside. like a rabid dog that's been let off of its chain. So without further ado, let's introduce this um, edition um, of um, All right, okay. let's start with our guys that just didn't quite make the cut. I feel like you could have a just didn't quite make the cut for a just didn't quite make the cut for some of for these the guys. Just these, didn't quite make yeah, the cut. These, yeah, there are a ton of great, I mean, the name of the game is getting after the quarterback right. in a passing league. So obviously the league has stockpiled some studs at this position. You might push back on some of these. Some guys might be in your top 10. Some guys shouldn't have even sniffed the JDQ MTC in your mind. But here we go. I got Brian Burns at number 11. Like it? I got Rashawn Gary at number 12. Okay. I got Danielle Hunter from Minnesota at 13. Carl Lawson from the Jets at 14. And number 15, I have Trey Hendrickson from the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, a little Bengals Bengals action. move him up a little bit, honestly, I think, Hendrickson. Okay. I think he's one of the more underrated uh, pass rushers in the league. All right, so for me, I also have Ryan Burns at 11. I have Uchenna Unwasu at number 12. And I think I underrated this guy, to be honest, Tom. But I got Alex Highsmith at 13. He didn't even make my list, so. Oof. Really? Yeah. The guy that was top 10 in sacks and then. Had a great year. And then led the league in forced fumbles. But I look at the names on my list. I, I, like, I agree. He's not better than these guys. Really? That's what I'm saying. Like, give me another year. One, ten, okay. ten, how about this? If you get 10 sacks this year, Alex Highsmith, 10 at least. I will guarantee you a spot in my top 10 next year. In the top 10? In the top not 10 just, next year. Not just the JDQ? Nope. Okay. If you get 10 sacks this year, I guarantee you a spot in Tom, my top I'm 10. not going to lie. I think he can. Oh, I think he should. Let's put. Let's right. go one step right, 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 right. He should get 10 sacks. All right. Number 10 for me. For you? Going with a rookie here. Oh. I'm going with Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, Tom. See, this is why I hate this episode. Because... How do you define an edge rusher? Like, I I was leaving him for my defensive line episode. He lines up on the outside. I know, I know but his he's hands so in much the dirt, more. <sighs> but he's an edge rusher, man. He gets after the I don't like that because I that, wanted to put. But well, what's he do best? What's his, what's his I best get that. attribute? I get that, but just spoiler alert, you'll hear that name on my list That's from fine. the top 10 That's defensive linemen. That's fine. You can have position fluidity when it comes to right. this podcast. I'm like not last gonna... year, I think you had Micah Parsons on, on two different, two different lists. lists. I might do it again this yeah, year. Yeah, maybe. Guys, there's, guys will move around in the league these right. days. But Aiden Hutchinson, uh, nine sacks, nine and a half sacks last season. I, I thought he came on super strong down the yeah. stretch too. And you know what he kind of reminds me of? I know he puts his hand in the dirt and, and TJ doesn't much. He gives me a Watt kind of vibe. He has those kind of hands. You see him make the interception where he jumps up and mm-hmm. snags it out of the air. Do you remember the amazing play 
where he ran out into oh, coverage yeah. on a corner. Oh, yeah. Or as a corner on a wideout. What, wide what out. game was that? It was later in the season, yeah. one of the last games of the year. It might have been the Packers game. I was going to say, was it the Thanksgiving game? Maybe, but he literally booked it out and went into coverage yes. and then got the pl- made the play right. in coverage. So that is one of those new breed type of players, and I'm a sucker for a storyline like this. Michigan kid goes to Michigan playing, playing, playing for the Detroit, Detroit Lions. Yeah. Looks to be the face of that defense. Oh, for sure. When the Lions are gonna be be good or are expected to be good, like for really the first time and forever, and he's a hometown kid doing it. Like, how could you not root for Aiden Hutchinson mm-hmm. in Detroit, right? No, again, I was a big fan of his. It was just the fact that I reserved him for uh my defensive line episode. So my apologies to Aiden Hutchinson Oof. as an edge rusher. I did Three not Three interceptions this year. I did not forget that's you. That's TJ Watts. That that's is, that, that's, as... a, that's an edge guy. You're right. He is for sure an edge guy. And again, I feel really bad. So good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for rubbing it in. All right, number ten. Number ten for me. I've got Matthew Judon out nice. of New England. Nice. A little bit higher on my list. Okay. I mean, I, I think, think very that's underrated. Totally. I could not agree more, Tom. This defense. I mean, yeah. The the overarching storyline for the Patriots has been for the last what three years has been what has the offense looked like without Tom Brady, but the defense is as solid as ever, right? I mean Matthew Judon specifically too had what fifteen plus sacks, a uh, couple forced fumbles, had a really great year. He's having a really great career to be honest in in New England. I have to say, Tom, I'm. Pretty happy that he's now a Patriot, even though we don't love the Patriots in Pittsburgh. But happy to see, no longer see him twice a year when he was a Raven. Yeah. But I think it's arguable, even though... He's getting better now. I think he's getting better as a Patriot than he was ever as a Raven. In the last two years, Tom, I just looked this up, had 12 and a half sacks in 2021, had 15 and a half sacks in 2022. (laughs) Again, maybe maybe even though we acknowledge it overall, and I even... Even though I put him in my top 10, I still somehow underrated him. But he was a force to be reckoned with. Patriots were a top 10 rushing offense or rushing, sorry, rushing defense this year overall. Their a defense great defense. Has been just yeah. as good since Brady left. Right. It's been a, a force in the NFL. And it's not talked about enough just because the headlines out of New England are okay, how is Mac Jones going to be as the replacement for Tom Brady? And for as and as good as he is, and like I said, he'll be on my top ten a little bit later, he's their biggest star on defense. Yeah. And like that's not he doesn't have star power, right? Like right. no one thinks of him as a star. <laughs> but he certainly plays like one. For uh, sure. No question. Number nine for me. For you. Bit of an aging, perhaps dying. Oh, I think star I got here. I think I got the same guy here. Khalil Mack. Oh, no. Okay. That's where I have Khalil Mack. Okay, that's fair. Number nine. He had eight sacks last year, made the Pro Bowl, uh, but he is kind of a far cry away from his old days in uh, Oakland. Khalil Mack was a guy who I put on my JDQMTC of my JDQMTC. In Oakland, he was a force, one of the best in all of football. In Chicago, just as good. Was a runner-up for D-Point in Chicago, one D-Point in Oakland. Uh, First team All-Pro in Chicago a couple of times, second team as well in 2020 in Chicago, but... Uh, was injured last year in 2021 for Chicago, mm-hmm. and then in his first year in L.A., he played a full 17-game slate, uh, eight sacks, but he's kind of second fiddle to a guy that's probably later on That's kind of why I kind of left him off, just because even though he's still uber-talented, he's clearly the second guy to, is it Big Brother? 
Yeah, it's Big Brother. Yeah, big brother it's in Big Brother in LA. And actually, he's my next player. Just spoiler. Oh, okay. But Khalil Mack, I still think, um, has potential to get double digit sacks, but I have a feeling he's going to keep sliding down this list for me. And, and next year, Maybe he might be the guy that Alex Highsmith replaces. replaces. I would have no problem with that. So uh, I kind of hinted that I had another aging guy here at number nine for me. Arguably, Tom, if this guy played an entire season last year rather than playing, what, uh, 10 or so games, he'd be maybe in my top five. I got Vaughn Miller at number nine. I didn't even put him on any of my lists wow. just because the injury towards the end of last season. So I'll say this. Um, but what a rejuvenation in L.A. to win the Super Bowl before. And he was playing so well in Buffalo before the injury, too. Yeah, playing super well. You mentioned that in a full season, uh, Khalil Mack, obviously he was hurt two years ago, but playing in a full season this past year. Yes. Had eight sacks. How many sacks did Von Miller have in 12 games? Probably eight. Eight sacks. I mean, the guy was a force to be reckoned yeah, with. he was playing so, like, something clicked in L.A. Once he got to L.A., once he left Denver midseason. He yeah. had more sacks in L.A. than he did in Denver. Uh, in seven and that games, season, yeah, right. He had four and a half in Denver. He had five in L.A. since becoming a Ram, and that doesn't count the couple that he had in the playoffs as well. No. For the Rams, and then eight last year for Buffalo, uh, he was gonna get double digits before he got hurt. Oh, would've absolutely! Would have been his first double digit sack season since 2018. So maybe he still still does have some stuff left in the tank, but you don't like to see an injury to a 34 year old player. Exactly, and you remember too when we reacted to the breaking news that he got that what six year deal at age 33, and you were our reaction was. You offered this guy who was turning 34 this year a a uh, six-year deal. So, like, he'll be playing near his 40th age season. And you remember what we said back then? It, the it's it's going to be worth it if he gets if a ring. Yeah, Super if Bowl. they get one ring, it'll be worth it. But the further into that contract it goes, the right. less and less likely that he can help them win that ring. Exactly. Like, this year was the first. The first year was the year where he, like, could you remember? Do you remember the opening game of the season two, the Thursday night game? It was Bills and Rams. Rams, right? The defending champs. He was playing against his former team. I think he had, like, what, two sacks that game? He was nuts. He was yeah. nuts all year long. Just a little like nugget about him. He's sure. never been the defensive player of the year. He's been runner up twice. That's that'll be surprising because he's you know, going to the hall. Because he's going to the hall of fame, right? Like, can you that. tell me what years those were? In 2012, he was the runner up behind T.J. Watt. Makes sense. No, or J.J. No, Watt JJ makes Watt. sense. <laughs> yeah, you got the wrong Watt player there. <laughs> and then let me see. In 2016, 2016. Was, can I guess who that would have been? Yes. In fact, we just talked about him. Oh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. There you go. He, won it. he lost it to Khalil Mack that year. Um, just it, don't think you'll ever get defense player of the year, so that'll be an interesting— I mean, is it— <sighs> It'll be interesting to be like, yeah, Hall of Famer never uh, won it. I know Nick Bosa won it, and we've now said the last two years or so the defensive player of the year has been the guy to lead the exactly, league in sacks. Yeah. Von Miller wasn't on the same pace as Nick Bosa was, but if Von Miller plays out that whole season— and plays at that same level he was playing at before maybe he, he goes down. Thought. Maybe he gets some thought. Maybe. Maybe it's maybe it's like a career depoy. You know what I mean? Speaking of Bosa, my number eight player, not Nick Bosa, the depoy, the older brother, Joey Bosa, comes mm -hmm. checking in at number eight for me. 
That's fine with me because my number seven guy right there is also Joey Bosa. Uh, very, very injured last year. Uh, yeah. Only played in five games and was back for the playoff game, though. We right. saw the epic meltdown that he had on the oh, sideline. So great. Uh, two and a half sacks in five games. The year before that, he had ten and a half sacks. He's had double-digit sacks in four of his seven years playing uh, in the NFL. Uh, never been on an AP All-Pro team. He's made the Pro mm. Bowl four times, and he was the Rookie of the Year back in 2016, but still waiting for that second or first team all pro nod. Uh, it's just, it's hard to not look at him and, and see the amazing, amazing potential that he still has entering his age 28 season. Uh, if he stays healthy, I, I think he could put up a, a real shocker of a season, like a 15 kind of sack season. Yeah. He's always been a super talented player and respected for his game. It's just he hasn't kind of put it all together. And in you can one really year. say he's not like 2016, 12 games. Fully right. healthy 2017, 2018, seven games. Fully healthy 2019, 12 games. Like he can only go, he can't get back to back seasons of like legitimate, fully right. healthy. Like he's, he's missing at least a month every mm-hmm. other year. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think holds him back a little bit too, his, his availability. Also, why I think they probably went out and got someone like Khalil Mack. You can't just trust Joey Bosa for a full season. Right. I'm. Sh- it makes a lot of sense. However, Khalil Mack, a little bit older, and kind of reminds you of the same moves that the Raiders did. You know, they had Max Crosby, they went out and they got... Um... Help me out here, Tom. Oh, they got Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, yeah. but Chandler Jones had a much more significant drop-off this year than uh, Khalil Mack had this year, but still... I kind of like Joey Bosa overall as a player in in his skill set. It's just, like you said, he's got to string some seasons together now. He's he's been playing the league long enough where it may start to, you may start to see the Chargers say like, is it worth it to continue to bring this guy back if he's really going to be this inconsistently unavailable to us? But I, as I said, I had him only one position higher than you. So that means at my number eight spot, I have Zadarius Smith of the Vikings. I believe he was in your JDQ MTC. Daniel Hunter was in my JDQ. Oh, so he, we're still waiting to hear. He's not on my list. Oh, okay. Didn't put him on my list. Well, so Zadarius Smith. It's a really Smith, good tandem of pass rushing in Minnesota that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I gave Smith. I gave the nod here to suit. Yeah, excuse me, to Zadarius Smith. A very perplexing move by him for the Green Bay Packers to say. Yeah, you're one of our best defenders. It's really you and Jarrell Alexander in our secondary, and we're just gonna let you go, and we're gonna let you go to our division rival Minnesota. And, <laughs> and you're last, ten sacks next. Year. And his last year in Green Bay, yeah, he was out for essentially the, the entire season. season. Yeah. Got hurt in game one, but came back in Minnesota and just exploded double digit sacks. Uh, great presence in the backfield. Uh, a lot of quarterback hits. A lot of running back stuff yards or stuff plays, rather. And I can't imagine, like you said, Minnesota not wanting to capitalize on this linebacker duo between Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what? just a weird move for Green Bay to say, yeah, you went down for the year. Okay, see ya. Let, uh, just go ahead and play for our, our division rival, the team that have that to wonder, very next year won the division. Have to wonder if they didn't have the Rodgers money tied up. This would be maybe. that they were able to keep. Yeah, maybe. he did play great for Green Bay. Uh, and we are familiar with him from his time in Baltimore between 2015 and 2018. Used to see uh, 
Used to see Zadarius Smith twice a season. For sure. My number seven is where I put Matthew Judon. So this okay. is where this is where Judon very, settled very, for me. I have no problem with that. Again, 15 and a half freaking sacks this year. Uh, that's an incredible feat. That's top five in the league as far as sacking the quarterback is concerned. Um, just for whatever reason, flies under the radar up in New England. Um, I'm sure Belichick <laughs> likes it that way, and I'm sure maybe Judon likes it that way. But uh, no question in my mind that he should be widely considered one of the greatest pass rushing threats in the NFL. And maybe, yeah, I mean, like I said, it works I'd... for his favor. I'm sure around the league, everybody knows how great he is. But maybe he could sneak up on everybody from once every once in a while because he is a little bit of an underrated guy flying under the radar. And I just think the team too. You just don't hear about that defense as much as you do the offense for for obvious reasons, not for good reasons, but for obvious reasons. Uh, he was the ninth player in defensive player of the year voting this year, Matthew Judon. So. He's starting to get some, some recognition. He's starting to get yeah. some more recognition sure. as far as uh, a name is concerned. And again, another guy. Thank you, Baltimore, for not bringing him back right. and keeping him in the division. I mentioned, yeah, Woo. Matthew Judon and uh, Zedaria Smith both yeah. double yeah. digit sacks for Judon in every year since he's been in New England. So he's only crazy getting better. Your number six or seven, excuse me. Uh, I said it was Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa came in. So at number, at number six for you. For you. That's where I have Hassan Reddick. Oh, there we ding, go. Ding, ding, Number ding. six, Hassan Reddick from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Runner-up as far as sacks were concerned this yep. year. He had 16 sacks on the season. That tied him and Miles Garrett together. Um, the biggest thing that comes to mind about Hassan Reddick isn't necessarily anything that he does, but what's fresh in my mind is the Niners right. using a backup tight end right. to try to block the – second most prolific pass rusher in the NFL for the the regular season. That was one of the more boneheaded strategic moves I've seen from one of the greatest strategic minds in football in Shanahan. Shanahan. But whatever, Hassan Reddick was a force in that game. He hurt Brock Purdy, knocked out the Niners quarterback, and we all know the rest is history. The Eagles won the NFC. But, uh, I mean, what a great player Hassan Reddick is and a a total force on an Eagles defense that – has had some guys move around this year. Some changeover happened. There's going to be some different faces. You still don't know where Hargrave's going to end up either. So new yeah. faces, but they're still going to get their leading sack getter uh, back in Reddick, which is huge. Yes, and crazy to think that, yes, he was the team leader in sacks, but there were still three other guys who eclipsed double digits, and that doesn't even include uh, one more. I believe Fletcher Cox was the fifth guy who had seven sacks on the year. So what's more, I mean, both numbers are astonishing. Five guys with at least seven sacks, four guys with double-digit sacks. So Hassan Reddick, I mean, brought in from Arizona, just an incredible. It's amazing he's played for three teams already. One one little year in Carolina in 2021. Right. He was a late bloomer, though. He had two and a half sacks his rookie year, four sacks his second year, and only one sack in 16 games for Arizona in 2019 as a backup. And in his final year in Arizona, the COVID year, he had 12 and a half sacks. He broke out. Carolina signed him. Arizona thinking, you know, we're not going to bring him back on his fifth for for a new deal mm-hmm. after his rookie deal's done. He's not that good. He has 11 sacks in Carolina. And still they don't. And they don't yeah. think that it's worth it. They still not. Oh, maybe it's going to. Wheels are going to fall off eventually. 16 sacks now in Philadelphia. Uh, I think he's going to find himself a, a home for the next couple of years now. Yeah. I don't think Philly will be. You don't say. Away. So Hassan Reddick coming in for me at number six and for, both for you at number yeah. six. 
Number five, my first member of the top five. Uh huh. This is where I have the most fluid positional player in the league. Okay. This is where I have Micah Parsons checking okay. in. Okay. Number five. That's totally fair. Micah had 13 and a half sacks this year, and I think it was kind of a slower year for him. Like, people felt yeah. like he slowed down down the stretch. At the beginning of the season, it seemed like he was the runaway for defensive player of the year. He was just right a marvel. Mm-hmm. Everything you saw from his rookie year, it carried over into his second season. I think teams maybe started to adjust a little bit towards him. He's getting a ton of attention now from other offenses. And you saw production not slow down completely, but definitely not, you know, explode at the rate that it has been. But you still have 13 and a half sacks. You still have had two incredible seasons as an NFL player. I mean, it's so early to to, to tell this, obviously, but you can't start a Hall of Fame career on a better trajectory than the two seasons that Micah Parsons right. has had in the NFL. He's the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Absolutely. He was the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year both times. He's been a first-team All-Pro member both times. He was the eighth in MVP voting just this past mm-hmm. season. So, I mean, 13 sacks last year, 13 and a half sacks this year. The dude is an absolute menace. Surprising to me, hasn't gotten an interception yet. Bless you. Thank you. You'd think that he'd have an interception with the kind of playmaking ability that he has, um, but no, he only has six forced fumbles, three in each year. Do you think maybe that's because he's not lining up so much in the middle as much as he is on the edge or up front? Yeah, probably. But you'd still think he'd get like those T.J. Yeah, Watt, yeah, Aiden yeah, Hutchinson yeah, yeah. type of interceptions because right, 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 he's just right. such an athlete. Um, and by the way, one of the better Twitter followers of an athlete as well. Um, that dude likes to tweet. That dude's got Twitter fingers for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah Parson tweets constantly. Very opinionated fella and uh, a hell of a football player to boot. So Absolutely. I got Micah checking in at five. I mean, hard to argue him not being a top five backer in the league or an edge rusher in the league. Um, it's tough because where do you put him in terms of overall defensive player? He's obviously in that top 10, but when you come down to a specific position, it's hard to really gauge. Is he better at this or is he better at that? But undeniably a top five guy. So it kind of skews my rankings here a bit. So number five for me, I have Max Crosby. That's my number four. See, I know what's going to happen, Tom. I put Micah ahead of some of these guys. And you you would have if I would have just put Mike at five like you would have. You think we would have rolled? Yeah, you think we would have rolled. The next? I think okay. so. All right, yeah. so we got Max Crosby checking in at your five, my number four. Yeah, fourth round draft pick. I remember watching the Hard Knocks where he was drafted, and kind of you know, Hard Knocks always makes it seem like these players are going to become superstars. Oh, it's 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 so gut wrenching. It, it lets you fall so easily in love with some of these guys, only to be. Ripped away but from the team. But that was the same year that they picked, I believe, Clellan Farrell. Oh, and in the he draft? was, like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. big dog on the line. And, like, you could see Gruden and all the coaching staff back then, like, kind of being like, Crosby's a dude. Like, they'd show mm-hmm. him in the preseason, and he like, he's an animal. And, boy, have they – did they nail that? That the Ra- that Raiders regime of Gruden and Mayock really screwed up a lot of drafts. A lot, yeah. Like, they nailed the Max Crosby pick. They found a diamond in the rough there. Uh, 12 and a half sacks last year for a career high. And what he does against the run, I think, is more impressive than any maybe mm. pass rusher, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it in the league. He had 22 tackles for a loss mm. last year. And he meets running backs in the backfield a lot. So I know 12 and a half sacks is a lot. And you could even say, oh, hey, 12 and a half sacks, and that's enough to be like, oh, what a great player. 
but you add on the 22 tackles for loss and what he does in the the running game, he is he is right. a top five player for sure, and I think a defensive player of the year candidate moving forward. I'd like to see him get that recognition. <clears throat> I mean, he certainly sixth in voting this. Certainly, year. I think he'll move up right in that running for candidates. I it's it's always hard to predict who's going to have the individual best season, but I'd like to see him get some some kind of recognition for sure along those lines. So that was your number four, my number five, my number four I, is where I have Nick Bosa. Bosa was my number three. I told I told See, like and then and then I and then I put Micah at number okay, three. Okay, so there we finally catch up. Yeah. So Nick Bosa, your number four, my number three, the reigning defensive player right. of the year, uh, eighteen sacks on the season for Nick Bosa. Uh, better than his brother. I think that you can say that yeah, for sure. pretty easily. And he, what more can you say about the guy? He He's in that that TJ Watt, Miles Garrett category. Uh, I mean, just the a guy that you have to be aware of every single time mm-hmm. if you're an offensive player. Um, he, he has played in the league for just four years, but you go to his pro football reference page and the accolades at the top, they're everywhere already. Crazy. For Nick Bosa, like we said, he was the depoy. He's been first team all pro. He finished sixth in MVP voting this year. He was the defensive rookie of the year back in 2019. Um, past two seasons, 15 and a half and 18 and a half sacks. Right. You're not going to get much better than that. Now, he Mainly is the better Bosa TJ brother. Watt was hurt yeah. most of this year. Right. Or else you would have gotten better than that. But my God, what a phenomenal player that younger Bosa is. Yeah, without a doubt, the better Bosa brother. I would have liked to have seen, though, he got 18 and a half this year. If TJ played the whole season, we had a race there at the top. Would he have been right there right. with 18, 19? Just well, probably not him? because remember, every year of his career up until this year where he had injuries, TJ had more sacks. Saw his sack numbers so he would increase. Have had 23 this year. Right, exactly. That's at the minimum. The natural course yeah. that it would have gone. So, no, there would not have been a race. All right, so two and one. So, well, three for me was Michael Micah Parsons. Parsons. I put him there just because of the versatility. Again, hard to say. Uh, at which position do you rate him better versus on-ball linebacker versus off-ball linebacker versus an edge guy? Uh, but overall, undeniably a top 10 defender in this league. Runaway Defensive Rookie of the Year last year okay. was at a point the Defensive Runaway Player of the Year this year until he kind of slowed down. But, okay, he slowed down. He's still, as you kind said earlier, yeah. could not have could not have laid out a better two-year start to this guy's career. So number two, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, really into like number twenty-two. Yeah, screw him. You know how good he is because of how much we hate him here in Pittsburgh. But you can't, you can't, you deny can't it. knock it. You can't yeah. deny it. He's, he's, no, he's absolute... number two. He's number two. Like, I, I, like he's number two because of number one, the king. Yeah, right. T.J. Watt, Watt is number one. Sack record holder. It's hard to be disrespectful when you put a guy at number two. But, but you it, know there's a little bit of an underlying you know, There's people tone. outside of Pittsburgh that are like, yeah, right, right. Better than T.J. Watt. Uh, he is very comparable to T.J. Watt. If I had to, you know, blind taste test them, I'd probably pick Garrett as well, far as Well, just because he's guy. so uh, much huge. bigger. Oh, my God. But it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. Right. It's and the that, size and of the fight in the dog. It kind of, and by the way, you, T.J.'s also a pretty big dog as well. Right. Like, it's not like he's some But you, you give the edge 
in that regard to TJ. Speed wise, yeah. it's TJ uh-huh. and the hand eye coordination Quick, yes, is by yes. far in TJ's. He favorite. had two of the most improbable interceptions oh my God. on the same he guy played, this year. He played eight games this year, and that game against Cincinnati in week one, you put that on the tape, that's defensive player of the year performance. That right that there. is that, Hall of that, that is No, that is Hall of Fame Canton. Just show that game. That's like you hear Ryan Eagle on the broadcast being like, "Was that one again?" Well, how about so like that interception he had against Joe Burrow in Week One? Joe's looking at himself like, "I keep throwing the ball to the Steelers guys, but come on, that one should never have landed in TJ Watt's hands." And then you fast forward like (laughs) ten weeks later, is it even more? But no, this one was to me even Even more more impressive. Yeah. Basically the same play, though. And, jumping and up at yes, the line and right, swallowing right, right. the ball. Or, like, kind of jumping sideways. Remember, because he's on the edge. So he's kind of putting his body. He's jumping up, but he's adjusting his hands yeah, to I mean, go, to, go the to the sideline side. there, and you're burrow, and you're like, I can't do What anything. do I do? I can't get the ball around this guy. Like, and that wasn't even, even week one, that wasn't the first time he had an interception like that in his career. Nope. T.J. Watt has kind of made that a thing. Like, yeah. you know how J.J. had the Watt swat? Right. TJ has that too. It's just that he's evolved that to not just swatting the he ball down. Pick he just the ball grabs off. it out right. of midair. Um, clearly number one. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. I mean, the guy, the fact that he missed half the season, yes, we're doing this show in Pittsburgh part uh, as a part of Steelers Nation Radio, but you go to like Ravens Nation Radio, Vikings Nation Radio. It's Baltimore Flock Nation sorry. Radio. Sorry. You go around the country, you're still seeing people after this year put TJ Watt in their like top three. There's no way he's even number the top one. Three. If you're yeah. doing a list outside of Pittsburgh, if he's not one or two, in fact, he can be lower than two. That's just being disingenuous. The only the only way I'd allow it is because if you do it based off of 2022, sure. But that's still disingenuous. Right. Because he still played half the season and when he played they win too. He was that's the, the, thing. He was like, the he's, he's we always talk about like most valuable player. I right, use that in right. air quotes. You cannot pick a more valuable player to a guy or yes. to a team, maybe other than Lamar. Not maybe. But even so, the Baltimore wins games without, without Lamar. Him. Not in the not first Pittsburgh. time in his career, right? When he missed a game, Pittsburgh finally won a game this year. And it was because it was Tom Brady in his age 44 year old season after he had not practiced with the team all week because remember. He went up to Robert Kraft's wedding earlier. Right, exactly. So, and he almost came back anyway. And he almost won that game. game. Tom Brady did. So you cannot tell me a guy who has more valuable, who who brings more value to a team than T.J. Watt to the Steelers. I couldn't agree more. And again, it's not just the individual accolades; it's the team effect that he has that I think really pushes him over the top. If you missed any of our show today, you can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts, like The Drive, in the locker room. Uh, that's not in season right now, but you can get in the locker yeah, room right. once the season starts. Steelers Blitz with Wes and Motes, Steelers Standard with myself and Jacob, and many more. And you know what? You can go back and listen to old locker room yeah, episodes. Go ahead. They're still there. They don't go anywhere. All of these episodes and many more are available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Maybe Lamar Jackson will be a Jet and... Aaron Rodgers will be a Colt by this time. By Raven. the time we record next, <laughs> Rodgers to the Ravens. Uh, Hopefully, some cool things happen between now and the next time we record. You know, it's the NFL season. I have a feeling something will happen. Something's gonna break yeah. in the next forty-eight hours. We'll be back later on this week to talk to you, the guys. Thanks as always for listening to the Steelers Standard.